we are so back, folks. Week two of the NFL season is here. Michael McQueen, Mark Hogan. We're talking with Jason in a minute for Pro Football Ireland. Ireland's biggest, Ireland's best. Ireland's biggest American football podcast network, college football podcast, domestic game, and the NFL as we roll into week two of the NFL season. Uh, no Jason this week as he is currently on IR. We wish Jason well in his recovery from his SEL. He'll be back next week. Enjoyed the crack with him last week. Stuck with a Kildare man this week. Mark, how are we doing? Happy uh, happy week two, man. Yeah, as I take out my phone to text Jason all the best because I completely forgot to do that. Until oh my God, you forgot. It. He tweeted, man, he literally tweeted out about it. And we'll see how lazy I am for people on the video. Am I lazy enough to put a big, big, lovely graphic of wishing Jason the best? We'll find out. But he put a tweet up and he tagged us. How did you not see it? Oh my god! You're a busy man, Mark. I do be a busy man, but I try and keep an eye on Twitter. Um, no, that's shocking for me. There's no excuse. That's, and like literally, the last time he was going in for surgery back in like the summertime, I did text him. So maybe I get some brownie points. Maybe I just forward that text again. Brownie points. <laughs> Come on. Um, for us, a couple of weeks now to London. Excited for that, man. Excited to get over to Wembley in a couple of weeks. But for people watching or people listening, if you're listening to this podcast on the Thursday, you listen on a Friday, Saturday, what we do, we do different. We don't we do not do picks. We talk through different topics in detail and we have a bit of crack. If you want to hear picks, there's a Friday morning podcast with Jeff Rainbow where me and Jeff give some ridiculous picks. There will be an interesting few picks here for people listening. But week two starts on Thursday night when you got the Vikings going to the Eagles, Green Bay on Sunday, going to the Falcons, Vegas going to Buffalo, the Ravens going to Cincinnati, Seattle going to Detroit in a spicy one, the Colts playing the Texans, the Chiefs playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Bears playing Baker, 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 Buck, 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 Chiefs, Interesting, I said Chiefs instead of Chargers. Chargers at Tennessee, Giants at Cardinals, the Niners at the Rams and Levi South, the Jets, Rogerless Jets at Dallas, Washington at Denver, Miami at New England in Sunday Night Football, two Monday Night Football games, New Orleans against Carolina, and Cleveland going to Pittsburgh. That's a spicy week, Mark, to start off with. That is spicy, man. There's some there's some really interesting matchups there. And we'll not go into detail on it, but just, just generally a really interesting week because of what happened last week. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's a massive amount to get into. But when you say the Jags-Chiefs game, it's something that I was thinking about yesterday morning. Being like, man, I don't, the sky is not falling on the Chiefs. You know, let's let's put that there. But when you look forward to what you mentioned a second ago, London, with the Jaguars in only a couple mm. of weeks after that time, facing the Falcons, who look fantastic. During the release of those games and over the summer, we talked about London and it was the Bills that we were excited to see. And I was kind of like, wait, what if it's the Falcons-Jags game that is like literally the barn burner game that we get in London this week? It's like just how it's been set up now. It's like that's the game that I'm really excited to see. It's, it's funny because the, the games for us on TV in, in Ireland and for people, we appreciate people listening in the UK also, folks, and, and further beyond than that. Uh, that Kelsey Jacksonville game is on Sky and it's the Jets against Dallas on Sky <laughs> at nine o'clock. Oh, dear. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a good game. Let's 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 talk about the football. Let's let's back it up, Mark. Let's look at a team that we're intrigued by after week one. And let's talk about how they're going to back it up week two. I'm scared to ask you to go first because... I've picked the team and I have no idea if you picked the same one because I should have asked you about this. Who have you picked? Uh, so I was going to do the Browns because they were super spicy and obviously I was kind of going in on them 
in the off season, but I've ended up going for the Miami Dolphins. Ooh. I so I had a bit of a cheat. I was listening to you on Jeff Reinbold the other day, and you mentioned the Packers. So I presume you're going Packers for this one. Are you no. going to shock me later on? Oh, well, okay. So let's go into the Dolphins then and uh, I'll figure out your surprise in a minute. It's Well, your, yours, or sorry, mine is not the Dolphins, so you bomb away. You're grand. No, so I was really impressed, obviously, by the Dolphins. And the reason I didn't go Browns is because we have to talk, talk about the Dolphins because they were the only team you could really say in the AFC this week that took advantage after the Chiefs lost the opening game. And when you look within that division, that obviously with Rodgers out and with Buffalo, like, I don't know, being held hostage by Josh Allen suddenly, what, like, what's up with that? Like, the Dolphins are going to be the darling of the NFL now for the next couple of weeks, it seems. We Obviously, when you talk about the Chiefs last year, it was all about the wide receiver and then how Tyreek Hill had come away. And what an exclamation mark after how the Chiefs had no wide receiver to go and do what Tyreek and Tua did on Sunday was absolutely class to see and whatever about that connection between Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes it looks alive and well with Tyreek and Tua what was it 466 yards Tua put up ridiculous and then the yards the yardage 215 yards and two touchdowns by Tyreek but it wasn't even that he got like two gimme touchdowns the first was the 35 yard like lob into the end zone which we always love to see those but then the second one was what from four yards out but the coverage was so tight like yeah. that was the difference and it was the way that Tyreek got it like when you look at next gen stats those couple of touchdowns were like in the 30 to 40 percent chance of completion rate so I absolutely loved that but if we go in deeper again you have to look at kind of like the under the radar kind of things like Braxton Berrios because the emphasis that teams are putting on Jalen Waddle and Tyreek it means the likes of Braxton Berrios are given a lot more room so on a, he had three catches but all of them were kind of like off script plays that he was able to work back to the ball and he has that space because those guys are being looked after so I was really impressed with that Waddle, it sounds like he might have been hurt. They still have Teron Armstead to come back. The run game really needs to develop still. I mean, that's what I'm hoping to see this year. We obviously want to see improvement from Vic Fangio's defense. I mean, the linebackers weren't good against the run. You kind of want to see them blitz more, but we know that that's not what Vic Fangio does. So I want to see, can they back it up with the offense? And those little things that I'm after naming, I want to see, can they develop those? I think the biggest, like, I, I've really enjoyed the Monday morning football with Michaela and Connor. Because it's been it's been a different element to this brand, but the thing that I've not missed because I've enjoyed having those two on, and I think it does develop Pro Football Ireland into what I believe is Ireland's best American football podcast. Is having you on, having Jason on as well, talking because we don't get a chance because I'm not busy and something. I'm like, right, well, I'll record these ones and then I'll I'll check in with you on like the Monday or Tuesday, and it's like that game on Sunday was just so so good. Like I like I remember coming on to the podcast with Connor being like, like we were both hyper like oh my god football's back like this is 10 out of 10 and the way the two have played was just sensational and that takes nothing away from the LA Chargers it was just unreal and you know you mentioned Jeff before I give my pick I should probably say that Jeff is going on tour you can check out our social media for the dates and I should also give a big thanks to our sponsors ADA Sport the official betting partner of the NFL in the UK and Ireland they're so nice they even gave us some lovely stickers, which I have on my mug for people watching this right now. I'm going to be controversial. 
never mind last week. You mean you opened up your power ranking saying that you know talking about uh, two teams in the league, Tampa Bay was one and the LA Rams was the other, and you were completely dumb, right? To open up and say that because I don't think anybody predicted that either team would win last week, and not just your team would win, the manner in which the LA Rams won. Going into a fortress in Seattle and silencing Geno Smith and silencing the crowd in Seattle is one thing. But to go in and for their quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who we did not know was genuinely, as far as I'm concerned, we did, we did not know what his fitness would be like again, really, because we knew he had the shoulder issues. He had a considerable amount of time out. We did not know if he'd come back to the, to where he was. 300 yards last week. Um, and having a guy on the running back, and ne- never mind Kyron Williams, but like who had two touchdowns on the day, but also Pucka, I can't pronounce Pucka's surname. Can we just put this out in the open right now? Pucka Nakua, is that the? Nakua, yeah, is how they're pronouncing it, yeah. You're, you're talking about next-gen stats. He was the ninth player drafted in the fifth round or later since 1970 to have 100 receiving yards in his first career game. The second player to have that since 1987. Um, but I really like Kyron Williams as well. 52 yards with two touchdowns. And you're talking there about having different guys on the roster when you've got Cooper Cup out, the Rams took it to a level that nobody expected last week. And the, the thing is, they host the Niners this week. And it's like, could they? Could they turn it on against that Niners offense? Never mind some of their defensive weapons that they have. Could the Rams put up 25 points? That's the question for me this week. Could they get up to 25 points on the day? And could they give San Francisco a game? Now, the odds are probably heavily stacked against them. But for me, that is one of the most intriguing storylines this week. Because if they can get out early, and get on the ball and get that ball down the field and give it to Williams, give it to Nakua. Never mind just the other guys they have. The fact that their defense literally stopped Seattle was it completely in the second half. Yeah, they didn't allow a single first down the whole second half. Like that is unbelievable to go into Seattle and completely shut out a defense like that, especially when they weren't in a great position at at half time so for that defense to go out and perform like that they've got leaders on it you know we don't know how long Aaron Donald's going to be in LA for I just feel like if you're looking at having an upset this week why couldn't the Rams do it because certainly nobody gave them the chance last week going in Seattle well let's let's see how they get on against another NFC West team this Sunday I, I'm buzzing to watch that game it's super interesting Michael because like we didn't believe in the Seahawks for so long last year, but there was no reason that their defense would take a step back. And I don't know, they kind of just, they were shell-shocked at that game. I, I can't imagine they were underestimated. And when you talk about my power rankings, I put it down to Sean McVay. Like, it was talked about last year that he was probably like, it was a weird Super Bowl hanger, hangover where he didn't know that he loved the game. Any, or not that he didn't love the game, but like, everyone was like, he just mm. needed a year off. And that passion, into, like, yeah, he he was a mastermind that like just didn't act last year it seems but like to be getting what he got out of even Tutu Atwell who he's wanted to star for ages like you couldn't with Cooper Cup you couldn't pick the Rams last year I think it'll be a different story against the 49ers because like their defense was insane against the Steelers and it's like that wasn't even the talking point it was the offense so I mean these things do happen that's why it's going to be interesting to see can the Rams back up. And it's especially interesting because something we'll talk about a bit later on. If the Rams are poor, 
they might want to trade Matt Ryan because the Jets will give them a bit of a haul for it. But if they start to play well and they go and follow the same script that the Seahawks went last year, remember this time last year, the Seahawks were number 32 in the power rankings and everyone thought they were awful. And then they just showed up. And I suppose the other thing is like, we star players become star players when the team starts to win. So on that Rams defense, everyone's like, well, they got rid of any of the decent talent that they kind of accumulated over the years. And the only names aren't Donald. We will get to know the names because we will start to watch them make plays. They just haven't had the chance yet because, yeah, they've been second tier guys behind the likes of Leonard Freud's and all these who've moved on. So, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see can they back up? I feel like they're less likely, certainly than the Dolphins, to be exposed. Oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, it's a different tier we're talking about here. I mean, can the Rams hang around with, you know, those middle-tier teams? That's what we want to see now. We don't expect them to be going for a number one seed, like I'm kind of talking about with the Dolphins. I, I certainly don't either, but it would be really intriguing if they took them close. And in that, that NFC... You, change your expectation. In that NFC, like, that number seven spot is kind of, like, wide open. Matthew Stafford also could be interesting um he's a phenomenal wanna, uh, he's a phenomenal quarterback always has been went under the radar just because they didn't have a ton of weapons this year and it was talked about it's like why are people so low on Matthew Stafford because he is insane he can play make anyone play better time will tell you know we've looked at teams let's look at players let's look at a non-quarterback player that we'll be looking at this week following a big week one and I'll just I'll, I'll maybe stay very quickly Mark on the Rams you know when you've got a running back room with Cam Akers and Cam Akers is meant to be the lead back 29 yards 22 carries you've got Kyron Williams there that is was far more effective last week 15 carries 52 yards a far more productive on the ball McVeigh clearly clearly has faith in him and you could see a situation this week where against the Niners if they do need to re- really rely on that run game where they're on the ground they're splitting the reps between Akers and Kyron Williams and I-, I could see Williams having a 80 90 100 yard rush day two to three receiving touchdowns easily easily if, if and this is the big wow, if, against that defense it, this this is the big if you mentioned you mentioned two two you mentioned Paco uh, Camper I'm going to have to learn his name I'm going to write, write his name on this I'm going to whiteboard I'm going to, I'm going to write the name on the whiteboard for next week uh, but like Albert Okawaganam I'd say easy like this if the Rams get down inside the inside the red zone against this Niners defense they'll have got there for a reason with Stafford getting two to three hundred yards in the day if that situation is a bell cow where you've got Akers and you've got Williams you split you, you split and you mix and match and they'll get scores on the day there's no reason why the Niners won't give up points. I I think there'll be there'll be situations in this game where Stafford will have windows, and it'll be about McVeigh managing this managing this game in the best way he can. And I have just got a I've got a really stupid feeling that the Rams are going to go out and put fourteen and twenty one points up on the rush. Now they might not win the game, but I could see a guy like Kyron Williams having having a good day, and it just depends. I mean, do you want to give me your name because I've got another one? But if you want to give me yours first, go for it. Well, do you know, just piggybacking on that point, I think why they won't get the rushing numbers is because I'd highlight, and I don't know if I ever was talking about it out loud, I guess, on the podcast, but like, that's it. Going back to the free agency podcast, I mm. said that Seattle had to re-sign Puna Ford because as bad as their defensive line was last year against the run, at least Puna Ford is this massive man that can help against the run. 
they didn't keep him. He was with Buffalo now. So they have a glaring hole there, and I think the teams will be able to run on them all over, for, I suppose, for the foreseeable until we see that no one can run over them. Mm. So I think that that's the difference, whereas, like, obviously the 49ers went off and got Javon Hargrave in free agency, and he was fantastic on the weekend. So, I mean, that that's the difference for me, why it won't happen again. But anyway, we'll see, and that's not to just counter your point, but I think just from a... No, you're right. I mean, like, there, there, is, a, there is a very valid argument for why it won't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think outside the box and I'm trying to think of a situation where it's a Rams home opener. Granted, it'd be 30 to 40 to 50,000 Niners fans there, but the Niners fans are are expectant to the point where they expect greatness this week. So it might not happen early in the game and if the Rams can jump on that early on and if McVay can find some sort of master plan and somehow go 2-0, oh, we're looking at a very interesting season. We'll see. Well, it's funny because the guy that I picked is going to be involved in that game as well and I just want to see how Brandon Ayuk does. Now, first of mm. all, when I said the London games earlier on, the London games are so close now that I was influenced. I wanted to talk Calvin Ridley, but I said, you know what, no, I'll go because we're probably going to talk a lot of Calvin Ridley in the build-up to London or certainly the week off because we're going to have two weeks off him. But Brandon Ayuk is a guy that is flash talent. Last year, he had a career year. He had his first thousand yard um, season. He went, what, 78 yards? And he had eight touchdowns. He had two on the weekend. But again, they were phenomenal touchdowns. He, for his first touchdown, he kind of like goes out to the right, but pulls back left and gets like massive separation. That wasn't quite an, an ankle breaker on Patrick Peterson, but certainly made him look completely foolish. And then the second touchdown, again, he's on Patrick Peterson. It was a lovely thrown ball, but the, like the two, himself and Peterson, like are hand fighting. But the strength of Brandon Ayuk to turn around and get it, you're thinking, oh, like everyone talks about him second to Christian McCaffrey. But if he can like if he can complement and like he is already kind of a star player, I know, in terms of fantasy, although I was able to nab him in our own draft (laughs) kind of late, which I was laughing at. But he was phenomenal on the uh, on the weekend now you, you can say okay yeah it was Patrick Peterson who I don't rate anymore Joy Porter Jr. was in the Steelers defensive back unit it was his rookie game so like what is that but like all eight targets Brandon Ayuk brought in 129 yards two touchdowns like I said he looked absolutely phenomenal and you're kind of thinking if Brock Purdy and this offense is as good as we expect them to be it's like this could be an all pro year for the guy yeah I agree and Purdy is that's a whole different conversation. Like, because we haven't talked about this, but I spoke to Connor about this. He looked like a different player in such a good way. He looked like a guy that done his done an Aaron Rodgers and sat in the dark room. Anywho, let's look at the Falcons team that don't get enough love on these podcasts at the minute, based because there's too much, too many things to talk about, so little time. Falcons are playing the Packers this week. In shout out Dan Whelan's first home game in the regular season in the NFL. Whoop whoop, Danabu. Um, hey, no, do you know what? I'm going to jump in with the Dan Whedon thing because the NFL announced that every team is going to get an extra yes. international pathway. And I want to say, I think, and genuinely, I mean this, I think Ireland has made so much noise that they see what getting an international player does to a community. I'm not saying it's purely marketing, but I do think that it might have a slight part to play in their like, whoa. This mm. has so much coverage for the league. The Irish Times, RTE, they're all covering it over here. And even the BBC are writing about it an Irish player. And I think that, look, these things don't just happen overnight. It's not like 
you know, that tweets and graphics and all this were put out a week ago and it's okay, that's it. But I think that the NFL means a lot when they say that they hear us. And I was just like, I think it played a small role. Maybe I'm mad, Michael. So we're, we're recording this on the Wednesday night and the, I was chatting to Tag Leader earlier on and they're, they're having a, he's having a sort of a combine. Um, I'm not sure if I can announce too much about this yet, but he's having what he would call a combine and uh, some of those players will go to London and try out for the academy or try out for the IPP, which is a big shift and that shows, so you're spot on. I think also there has been a big shift in, in the league office. Uh, I, I don't think that we were in the position that we are now three or four years ago, certainly. So I think there's many different factors. I think we're all very fortunate we're, and we're in this at the right time, thank God. And yeah, we look, we just wish the players that, that go the very, very best luck. I have no doubt that um, there'll be many GEA players, especially on rugby players, that try and make that move. And I have no doubt whenever Johnny lifts the Rugby World Cup in six and a half weeks that he'll then be looking at kicking as well. So we'll see what happens. I was joking the other night, I think I said it to Eva Connor and Michaela, but I was like, there'll be no podcast for a while after we win that. That's all I'm going to say. Um, let's let's stay on this topic because I've got another player. And when everyone talks about the Falcons, they think about Bijan. Yeah. And he had a great, like, Jesus, what a debut. Like, oh my Christ. Now his head coach, Arthur Smith, is a guy that does tend to, since his days, as he was the OC in Tennessee, to rely on the run. Well, I'll give you Tyler Algier. You know, Desmond Ritter had 18 passes in last week's game against the Colts. And the Falcons ran the ball 26 times. And you would have thought that Bijan was given the most on the day. Tyler Algier had 15 carries, two touchdowns, 75 yards on the day. And I think when you've got that combination now going into week two in Green Bay with Bijan, with Tyler Algier, never mind the RB3, RB4 situation in Atlanta. I think Atlanta could have a serious threat in the run game in what you said, Mark, the NFC. The NFC is such a question mark this year. And if they can get that right where they have Algier ceiling and they allow also Bijan to get the reps that he needs to improve, I think Algier could be a real X factor for the Falcons going down the stretch. And I'm buzzing to watch his run game on Sunday. You're dead right because... Bijan Robinson was obviously brought in this year and we're kind of saying, oh, what's the impact that can, he can have? And I absolutely expect him to have a greater and greater role as the year goes on. But when you talk about Tyler Algier, he was obviously there last year and looked phenomenally well. But what you have to put stock in is Arthur Smith has been there, what, three years now? They've been building up that O-line for three years. The likes of Caleb McGarry might have been called a bust in the beginning. but And he's not. had his challenges in three years, you know? There's been yeah, times yeah, in three years it. where like, it's been really done. You're dead right. And it's it's kind of um I gotta give you a sneak peek. We might talk about the Patriots in a minute, but like he was working away on things that he needed to get done. And you know, when you get a new head coach in, it's like year three, you have to perform. I've said that a million times on the podcast. And it's like, yeah, now it's like he's been able to tinker and put products in place. And it's a long-term build, a three-year project. But this is when it starts to pay off. And he has set up the run game that he came, if people aren't aware, he came from that Tennessee background where Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was a better player three years ago under Arthur Smith. His, his Those couple of years, I put out a stat during the, during, um, the off-season. His last two years, and those would have been the ones without Arthur Smith, he's averaging four and a half yards a carry. The two years before that, with Arthur Smith, he was at five and a half yards of carry. So it's like Arthur Smith runs a mean run game. And I think you're right now. Equally, those 
couple of touchdowns. I felt like Bijan Robinson might feel a bit hard done by because he was kind of pulled from the game anytime they got into the red zone, it seemed. That's when I was watching at least. But uh, yeah, no, Tyler Algier, it's going to be a one-two punch. We've seen how deadly those uh, kind of setups have been for other teams the last few years, whether that's Green Bay or otherwise. Let's see how some players get on in week two, and not just week two. I'm sure we'll look at this topic and come back to this at some point throughout the next 16 to 18 weeks before we take our season slumber on February the 13th, 2024. Uh, more than a box score. Let's let's break down some plays. I know you want to talk about the Patriots. I'm going to talk about the Steelers in a second, not because I am now Mr. P- Mr. Pittsburgh to some people, hence the uh, Shamrock coffee mug. I feel like Kenny Pickett's getting too much hate, but let's. I think you want to talk about the Patriots very quickly as well. I do. I think it's absolutely crazy when I'm kind of looking at NFL stuff Monday morning and I see comments. Oh, one one did me. It was by a Miami. It was in the Miami Palm Springs Times or something. I don't know what it's called. And they're saying that the Palm Patriots, Springs Times. I, I'm, I'm pulling that off the top of my head. I don't know what it's called. And the Sun Continental, I think, is their local paper. It's like blocked from the EU, so like we can never use it. But anyway, the uh, whatever I was reading, they say that the the Patriots had a below average performance, and I'm like, what are you talking about? The Patriots this week, the first three plays, they uh, sorry, the first three drives by the Philadelphia Eagles, it was like a field goal, then Mac Jones. No, then Ezekiel Elliott fumbles, giving them a 25-yard touchdown. And then there's a 70-yard interception by Darius Lay return for a touchdown. So the offense gave incredible starting field position to the Patriots offense and or to the Eagles offense. So one of the most potent attacks last year was gifted a 16-0 start. For the final 47 minutes of the game, the Eagles the Super Bowl contender from the NFC last year, scored nine points. The New England Patriots defense is going to be class this year. They have an absolutely savage defensive backs room. Christian Gonzalez showed in his first game that he can line up with anyone. Like, I mean, obviously there's going to be growing pains, but he looks fantastic. And they have big-bodied wide uh, defensive backs that are going to make it difficult for the likes of Miami this year, this week, to match up with them. So I'm super interested to see how they go. Uh, Christian Gonzalez got a sack off a corner blitz. Uh, Josh Uche and Matthew Judon, who I've talked to death about during the offseason, about like they could be one of the best passers duos. They both get a sack on the day against, yeah, against that Eagles offense that is absolutely incredible. So it's like Bill Belichick, when we actually fast forward into this week's game, he hasn't, or he hasn't won against Tua yet. So you can imagine a mastermind like, Bill Belichick, who would have had all offseason to focus so harshly on divisional games, is going to have figured out the Dolphins. Not figured them out, but it's like he could put a blueprint Mm. in place because we know that's what he does against so many teams. I'm reading a book at the moment all about him, and it's kind of like he really, really emphasizes on the divisional opponents. He will have scouts picking them apart. And when we saw Miami this weekend, that they're really focusing on that pass game still, and they're yet to develop the run game. Now, don't get me wrong, the the Patriots' defense is really set up fantastically against the run. But that's why they have those big defensive back units. I think that if he's able to say, well, they don't, they're not able to run the ball, Miami will encourage them 
to run the ball. That's what he did against Peyton Manning back in the day. It's like we'll just take away. Well, he he had he had a game plan against the Colts back in the day where he said if we are able to build a lead against them, we will rush one man and we'll have only linebackers and defensive backs on the field. And that's how we're going to play. He could try that against the Miami Dolphins this week, being like, okay, we dare you to throw against like all of our defenders back here. Because if they try and... They'll get frustrated and they'll try and run the ball. And Miami hasn't shown us yet that they have that established. There's so many things to pull off there. Like, I'm just talk about... And I feel like a general discussion point in itself could have been that game on Sunday Night Football between the Dolphins and the Patriots because that's going one or two ways. That is going... Slugfest, Patriots, stop Miami. Miami can't get a game going. Or it could be a cricket score. And the thing that really surprised me on Sunday was the, just in week one, was the the Philadelphia Eagles allowed the Patriots to come back into that game. And it was like, you know, lads, do you want to hand the game to them? Do you want to, like, find a way just to give them the win here? Because it's like, after the first quarter, the Eagles were up by 14 zip, and you're like... First quarter, 16 nothing. 16 zip, and it's like, it shouldn't be happening. And obviously, like, Julian had a great game. But for me, like, and like there would have been multiple teams in that position against the Eagles in the league that if they were given the ball with five and a half minutes to go, they would have got over the line and won the game by one to two to three points in the situation that New England were in. And I don't feel that Stevenson or Kendrick Bourne are going to be of the caliber needed to get what I am now considering a mid to mediocre quarterback in Mac Jones over the line this season. I don't believe that Bill Belichick as a mastermind as he's being described, and he is a mastermind. What Bill Belichick has done in the league, he's changed the league. He's changed the way that people view the sport of football, and he's created history in the process of that. Some legendary teams, legendary players that we'll never forget about. And he'll be looked on forever. Two to five hundred years time, people will talk about Bill Belichick and what he done in this league. Well, he hasn't had a quarterback for the last three and a half years. What is going on? You can be a mastermind, but you know, something has to give at this point. He needs to find a way to to develop a quarterback, and he needs to Do find you know a way what, though, to say, Michael, like, I, I don't s- think if he's right, then like he needs to he needs I, to I, admit to if he's wrong, he's wrong. He needs to move on. Like, why are they sitting with Mac Jones this year? Do you know what though? I suppose that's not even the conversation I'm having. It's like that's why yeah, I yeah. want people to know that the Patriots' defense is not a problem. That Belichick has been putting this thing in place. Ninety-seven yards is what they gave up against the Eagles' run game. Like that was a calling card for the Eagles last year, and it's like they completely stymied it last year. So it's like I suppose that's the whole thing. Belichick has never been able to hit on a wide receiver. He always had a quarterback there. Quarterbacks aren't easy to have, but mm-hmm. I think like. People are just looking at Mac Jones and they're looking at the wide receiver core. Kendrick Bourne was fantastic on the weekend and that's a really good Eagles defense. I think that that's why people look at the score and you get that guy from Miami saying they played below average. I don't think they did. I thought the defense was fantastic. I think that the the offense was as good as it was going to be against that team. I think that this whole thing of dismissing the Patriots just because of Mac Jones it's like football is so much more than that and it's like oh yeah watching this defense battle out against other top offenses I think is going to be exciting this year well yeah of course it's gonna be exciting look I I agree with you I just feel that you know I'm I'm not solely putting I'm not solely putting the bin back on Mac Jones or looking at the box score looking at certain players and yardage like 
I, I just feel like they're a level behind where they need to be. I feel like you can have 80, 90 yards on the day like Bourne had, but there was elements of his game and there was elements of the offense generally where they just couldn't get over the line or get the job finished, especially towards the end of the game. And it's like, well, when is that going to give? Is that going to give six weeks down the line when it's too late in the AFC East? Is it going to give it all? And it's something that we're going to watch over the next few weeks. But certainly, it's not just Mac Jones for me. It just feels like but for the offense, he is the nucleus at the center and he needs to find a way to improve his game more. That's a different discussion. But I do feel like the Patriots are a level under where they need to be on the offensive side of the ball. They did exceed expectations for me, especially in the third and fourth quarters on Sunday. And I guess it's what they look like this Sunday against Miami. You know, Do they go into Miami? It's a home game on Sunday as well. Do they go in and do they find a way where Miami take an early lead? I think that completely changes the whole conversation. I think Miami pull away immediately. If the Patriots can go in and have their defense, which you've said yourself, is that good. And it, it's a great defense. If they can find a way to stop Tua finding space, getting passes down the field and make them run the ball, make them feel uncomfortable, it'll be a great game. And I, can I just add in, before I say about a different player, can I just add in and say that I feel like we need to have a camera on Vic Fangio, like you press red and you can just watch Vic for the whole game. That's that's what I'd like to see. Um, you're talking about like newspapers and about articles. Um... I need to watch what I say here. I sat back on Tuesday and watched about three quarters of the game between the Steelers and the Niners. And yes, there was a considerable amount of situations when Kenny Pickett, you know, if you if you watched Kenny uh, when he was with Pitt or earlier on in the season, he always looked a lot more comfortable when he was sort of under pressure or out of what he would be used to in terms of the structure or within the pocket and in January when the league was coming to an end last year and he was starting to develop his game more you know he went and played the Ravens and he just balled out he showed slight signs of having that and taking it to the next level on three different plays against San Francisco but the problem with everyone else is every other play was absolute trash he looked so unconfident he really struggled and I was just really surprised that how much he struggled when he was given. Like I haven't got this, like the time between the ball snapping and Kenny getting the pass out in front of me, but there was plays where he had a considerable amount of time. I think back to the four from four play when they really needed to get a score on the board in the third quarter on Sunday, and it was as if he just threw it away without thinking almost it's hard to, like, I feel like I need a camera on his helmet to, to look at what he was doing but he looks so unconfident and this is where we're going into the first topic of conversation that we had at the start of this and it was like well this is such a big game on Sunday what Kenny Pickett are we going to see we're going to see the Kenny Pickett that we've seen in December January being more confident having maybe a few more play action plays are we going to see him try and utilize guys like Deontay Johnson or are we going to see a team with Pittsburgh that's got a hell of a defense struggle with a younger quarterback and it's not the same sort of comparisons to Mac Jones because Jones is developing and he's in his third year in the league but Kenny certainly for me I was surprised at looking I was surprised at some of the plays but I was also surprised to run into a different player I was I was surprised that granted it was a Niners defense market how little Najee could get on the day at the run game as well so there there's a few things there like that's I feel, I feel like we should get like 15 people for pro football Ireland and we're like right you watch this game you watch this game you watch this game you watch this game I actually enjoyed sitting down with 
three quarters of a three quarters of a bottle of Corona and just watching the game on Tuesday night. So it was great to have football back, but it's definitely something that I'd be concerned about if I'm in Pittsburgh because he just he just doesn't look confident, and that could be hard to get back so quickly, you know. Yeah, I suppose there's so much early season season tropes that you don't want to fall into that like. It was one game, you know, I'm not going to tank any team really after one game. I suppose my concern going into the year is that George Pickens, yeah, he has a massive catch radius, but it's a lot of highlight plays. But yeah, I think that the offense is still getting going. Um, We saw that fantastic final nine games of Kenny Pickens, and that's why everyone was really excited to see him going into the year. He was great under pressure last year, but when he was coming out of college, it was supposed to be that he was a real cerebral quarterback and that he was supposed to be a fantastic processor and all like this. And we haven't been able to see that yet, you know, him mm. just thriving what we expect him to do really well. And that was just to make smart decisions. So, you know, I'm still waiting to see that, but, you know, we know from his college game that that's why he was the only first round draft pick of last year that he has that to it. It's just, not that it hasn't been called on yet. It's He definitely has it. It's just, you know, between broken plays and stuff like that, it just we haven't been able to see it. I challenge you this week to watch the Indianapolis Houston tape on Monday. It'll be fun. Um, actually, no, I challenge you to watch the Cardinals against the Giants. That's that's not even talking. <laughs> that, that could be a whole different thing.